Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovidencecrier.com. Join with me as always, we have BOC. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. Today is Monday, January 10th. The rankings just came out as, as we uh, have this recording. PC drops to number 23 after a one-on-one week. Uh, we obviously recapped the Mar- Marquette game. We, we previewed the, uh, the St. John's game. And, you know, as we alluded to on the podcast, Corley, his father, his father-in-law, his father's buddy all, all made the trip up. Uh, we had another guy from the the Friars uh, text group that we have also make the trip. So uh, we got a big show ahead. Uh, we're going to recap our trip. We're going to preview Creighton, and we got some other fun stuff for you. So, BLC, uh, how are we feeling? We good? I feel I feel much better today than I did than I did on Sunday. The uh, the noon tip offs they're fantastic because you get to watch your team early. You don't have to wait all day. Um, we also start early. We were at Murphy's at what, 1030. We bounced to, you know, we had some beers at the game, bounced to Trinity after, then went out to dinner on Federal Hill, led to a long Saturday. So uh, Sunday was a little bit of a rough one, but totally worth it. Great time with, uh, as you mentioned, my father, father-in-law, and um, one of our, one of our close family friends, as well as, as well as uh, Pete in the group chat and Joey. So it was an awesome time. Uh, it's good. It's good to uh, have a couple of days to bounce back, though. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it just first of all, I, I just can't hang with, with your dad and his buddy, man. Impressive, impressive uh, how they were able to survive the entire evening. Um, I, I just couldn't hang. I, for those who want to know, I fell asleep at I think at seven p.m. or something like that on the couch. Uh, did yeah, not the last best is, long. The best is- the best is you look at the clock and you're like, wow, we've been going at this a while. And then you see it's like 4.30. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Brutal. Uh, and, I mean, something about, you know, Eddie getting number 300 and, like, we yeah. were excited. Uh, your dad's buddy was his first time ever in Providence. So uh, he had himself a good time. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was pretty funny because, like, I was in the handicap seats with Pete. Our buddy Joey had tickets with his wife. In, in not in our season seats so they were in different seats and you guys had your seats and we're all kind of like texting still throughout the game uh but uh yeah pc gets you know a, a real quality win against st john's um 8373 uh you know pc bounced back it, it took a little bit but they bounced back from that marquette game 
What were your thoughts? Yeah, it was a tale of two halves, you know. Um, if you look at if you look at just statistics alone, and this is why you can't just stat watch. You look at our stats compared to St. John's, there's really no reason why we should have won that game. We were 19% from three. Manaya led us in three pointers made, which is interesting. 18 Classic. total turn 18 total turnovers. Um, and you know, we we shot really well from the floor outside of the three, so we were really good in the paint and inside the the, the three-point line. But um we just got we just got it out a win because at one point in the second half we were down seven and it didn't look great, and then we went on a run. And I think it's a testament to the fans and you know home 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 court advantage. Um it also helped that we had somebody like Manaya who absolutely shut down the Big East player of the year, in my opinion, in Champagny, held him five points below his season low. Uh, what do you have? Probably hold him, I think, 11 points below what he's averaging this year. So Manaya, in my opinion, was the all-around player of the game. Um, oh, for sure. He's stats, don't necessarily, stats don't necessarily show it because he had 13 and seven and two steals, but like he is just such – a beast defensively, and he just makes it so difficult on the opposition. Um, Watson, Watson, 22 and 11, 9 of 11 from the floor, continuing his efficient play, and 18 in the second half, if I recall. So it was good. I think the turnaround, the tail two halves, the turnaround was we started really feeding the post with Watson because obviously we weren't connecting from deep. So a win's a win. Um, you know, it would, things would look a little bit different today if, uh, if we didn't secure that win against St. John's, especially with the daunting schedule ahead. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mania definitely the story, man. I mean, he was awesome in this one. Plays every single second of the game. Um, Champagny played 38 minutes, so that that shows you why he was out there for every single second of the game because Champagny played a lot too. And dude, he, he locked him down. Like, impressive the fact that Cooley goes out of his way to say that he's – the bet one of the best, if not the best, defensive player he's ever coached, and then for the next game to be, um, you know, maybe it was. Did we play Marquette before he said that? I'm not entirely sure, but who cares? You got Julian Champagny coming in, and like easily, Champagny could have had a, a big game, and that kind of shuts up that talk. But no, Manai was awesome 11 points for Champagny, five of 19 from the floor, all of eight from three. Uh, didn't turn the ball over, which which is pretty impressive. But yeah, Manaya's defensive intensity was definitely the storyline of the game. Because um, you know, you look at that Johnny team; they got the two stars in uh, with Posh, and then Eddie Wusu was coming on uh, in his sophomore season. He had twenty in this game. But you look at the rest of their team; they're not that deep. They don't have many guys that can hurt you. I mean. Wheeler had a stalled game, 15 and four, but I mean, I think the interior, that's the one thing I got right in this game for sure was St. John's interior defense. They, they still haven't fixed that. Uh, <laughs> Watson dominated Soriano. He, he only played 15 minutes of foul filled minutes. Uh, he had four fouls. Um, you know, Wheeler fouls out. So like they had a serious problem. Uh, with Nate Watson, and you're right, it was really a strong second half because the first half, if you remember, he got in the, he got two fouls, but also he, I think he collided with someone early and got kind of shaken up and was taken out of the game for a little bit. But then once Watson came back in, he was a force down low, nine of eleven. And honestly, 
he only went to the line five times. That could have been more. Like, I yeah. thought, I thought he finished through a lot of contact that went uncalled in that game. Yeah, I, so Mike Anderson um, after the game, he said something. He said something about how uh, the refs need to call it a better game or something along those lines. And to me, that was just so ill-advised and just so incorrect too. Like if watching the game and obviously we're biased as Providence fans and we have a Providence lean, but it seemed like they, like, what was it? Um, St. John's had 22 fouls to Providence's 18. It seems like St. John's probably should have been called for <laughs> doubles a little bit excessive, but like 35 fouls. Like they got, a, they almost play like um, Mark D'Antonio's like Michigan state. This is a really obscure reference that maybe only one person will know when listening to this, but like, Mark D'Antonio's Michigan State cornerbacks, like he taught them, like grab on every play and make the refs call it on you. And it's almost like St. John's Institute's a similar thing where they're like, okay, we're going to continue to be handsy and aggressive. And we want to put the onus on the refs to make those calls. And in this one, in my opinion, they didn't, they didn't make those calls, which, which is why uh, the foul discrepancy wasn't as much as, in my opinion, it should have been. Yeah. I mean, I think Mike Anderson got one thing right. I- that fishing crew, officiating crew was was so bad. And yeah. I get they're human too. They got a tough job. I get all of that. But for it to be that kind of shit show that it was in terms of, I mean, it, like I, I haven't had a Friar fan correct me on this. Who was watching on TV, maybe saw a better angle than me. But St. John shot an air ball that went untouched by our players and out of bounds and the ball stayed with St. John's. Like, inexplicable call. Um, There was that. There were several calls where they had to reconvene and and flip the call or not flip the call. And, you know, sometimes it was right. Sometimes it was wrong. Like, just all over the place. (laughs) That that was just bad, man. Uh, I don't think it it caused the outcome of the game. But it definitely hurt, like, the flow of the game. (laughs) That it was just that much of a disaster. And it was apparent to everyone watching yeah. Um, no, no, I, I, compl- I completely agree. Like, if you remember right towards the end of the game, there was a weird, there was a weird period where, like, they kept going back to the monitor because of Anderson was asking for something. And there was – I didn't understand why they were doing that. And granted, I was there in person, so maybe people on or that were watching on TV had a better rationale for that. But it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, no flow to the game. The refs, refs, you know, either you're complaining about them not – not calling things or they're calling too much. It just wasn't that great, but whatever. Both teams have to deal with it. It wins a win. Yep, for sure. And then looking at, you know, kind of the rest of the box score, Jared Bynum, man, continuing to show that that Pipkins game, like he has done such a good job in terms of working on the angles that he's going to take to attack the basket, uh, creating space for himself. Because, I mean, let's face it, when you're his size, the adjustments to the Big East is difficult. And yeah. that, that showed up his freshman year. Um, and that showed up when Pipkins came over here from UMass uh, mm-hmm. early on for a couple months into the season. And we're, I think we're finally starting to see him really emerge offensively, which is huge for our team. Do you think? Do you think he, yeah, I agree. We need another offensive option and he's stepping up in a big way. Uh, he's opened up my eyes for sure. Do you think we keep him on the bench as like the microwave microwave scoring option, or do you think he jumps into the starting lineup? Yeah, um, you know, I, I saw you write that up in our article, which we'll probably drop around the time we drop this too. Um, but 
I don't know. I, I mean, I was surprised Breed started in the first place. Uh, Same here. That was that. I remember walking walking to my seats and I see the starting lineup come up. I'm like, what the? <laughs> like it was just a complete shock to me. Maybe, maybe Biden was out again. Like this time it was reversed. They said he was playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I mean, I, I thought it was a really good win. And you know what? It, I don't think that's reflective in our ranking, dropping down seven spots. I really don't. Like, yes, we got pummeled by Marquette. But did you see Marquette's encore? I know it's Georgetown, but they went on the road and win by 28 points. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just – I feel like teams have bad games. It's not like PC went 0-2 on the week. Um, and, and they beat a good St. John's team. I, I know St. John's isn't favored that well in the metrics, but we know the star potential St. John's has. Like, they're a good yep. team. So, so, I think – so somebody it, it in our just group- felt like they, that game didn't exist. Which is- I, I, com- I completely agree. Um, and somebody in the prior group chat that we're in um, made a really, really good point. So they said, like, you know, I could see us dropping after a one-on-one week, but in, in that person's opinion, we never should have been 16th in the first place, which is actually – which is a perfect point. Like, we not should never have been 16th, and should we have dropped seven spots? Probably not. Um, but at 13-1, and one, we should never have been – yeah, over 13-1, and one, we never should have been 16th at all. Like, even at 14-2, and two, and granted, to your point, it's big loss against Marquette, good win against St. John's, like – we're getting punished for going one and one with that one loss being on the road. It just seems, you know, if, <laughs> I hate to say this, but like Villanova, Villanova is what eleven and four, and they jumped up five spots to fourteenth nationally. How yeah. are they eleven? If if they if they changed over, if they gave our resume to Villanova and said that was Villanova's resume, Villanova, Villanova right now would be somewhere in the six to eight range, in my opinion. Probably. Um, of course, we know, we're ranked, we know we're that's not how it works. It, like everyone just loves to you know, include the past into how they rank things. So well, that's, it, where, like, that's, that's where Providence fans, like as much as, as it's frustrating, I think at this point, until we have some consistent like postseason success, we just have to live with this. This is the way it's going to be. So there's no use in complaining about it and just saying, okay, just assume that we're going to get, we're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. I should say, we're not going to get the benefit of the doubt with rankings. And, you know, if we go one and one this week with, a win and a loss against two great teams, whether it's Creighton, UConn, whoever, whatever the win loss disparity is, we're probably going to drop. Like that's just going to be the way it is. Um, we need to like go above and beyond just to warrant rising up in the ranks. And it, unfortunately that's just the way we have to operate and think as a fan base. Yeah. Um, but I like to complain, so I'm probably going to continue to do so. Uh, <laughs> as we speak, I'm sparring with a loyal Chicago fan who believes that we should be out and they should be in. I mean, I, I watched them play San Francisco, and like both those teams are solid, but like we would have just we would have demolished San Francisco. Like their interior defense was so bad. I, I think Watson would have gone for 40 against them. I really do. Uh, and you know, if Providence ever played Loyola Chicago, guess what? Manai's on Williamson. Goodbye. Goodbye, Loyola. We beat you yep. too. So like get the hell out of here. Oh, whatever. Uh, but, um, you know, obviously massive stretch coming up here. Five games in nine days, I believe it is, with the reschedule of Georgetown. I think that's what – or it's four and nine yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah. Per Big East rules, no team will play more than three games in a week. But I think we will have a week with three games. 
Um, so, you know, massive stretch for PC. And it starts at Creighton on Tuesday. Um, you know, we have our preview. It will be up by the time you listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's get to we'll get to Creighton, but first let's get a quick word from our sponsors here at Anchor. All right, welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. All right, BOC. So, little correction here: it's it's five games in twelve days for the Friars, and that stretch starts tomorrow against Creighton. So they're at Creighton on Tuesday, home against UConn on the 15th. Um, and then they'll play Tuesday the 18th at Seton Hall. They will then um, head back home to make up that Georgetown game. That's Thursday, January 20th. Game's at five, kind of a weird time. Love that tip. Love that tip. I don't. I'm playing <laughs> a bad team like Georgetown. At a 5 p.m. T- uh, whatever. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, obviously. Uh, and then we'd wrap wrap up the week with with Butler at PC, a, a noon game there um, on Sunday, January 23rd. So five games, five games in 12 days, you know, three game. we're going to have a three-game week, not this week, but next. So – you know, looking at this, obviously we know who the good teams are in this and who isn't. Um, mm. So, what do you what are your thoughts on the stretch coming up? Um, so, with those five games, I would say if we want to stay status quo, which is you know right around the just being ranked, maybe just outside of being ranked, I think we need to go three and two. Um, so we should win against Butler, we should win against Georgetown, and we need to pick off one of the three against Creighton, UConn, Seton Hall. Uh, so three and two, because then it gets the schedule gets a little bit easier over the next four or five games. Anything less than three and two, um, not not a great sign. But again, <laughs> we're fourteen and two. We don't have to worry about the, like the mental gymnastics we used to have to do to calculate how we get into the NCAA tournament. Like as long as we don't um, don't do horrifically through the remainder of the season, biggie season, we should be a lock for the NCAA tournament, which is a really nice to, place to be as of January 10th. So stay status quo three and two. If we go four and one or even better five and oh, which I don't think is possible, but if we go three and two or four and one, I'll be happy with that. I think that's being a realistic Providence fan. That's, that's a nice way to approach things. Yeah. So then how about this BOC? If we go one and one this week with UConn and Creighton, do you think we drop out of the pool entirely? Because we're we don't have much leeway right now at 23. I do. I do because I just don't think we get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. What if does like how those games go impact your viewpoint at all? Like if they beat UConn, lose a tight one to Creighton on the road, or what if they go on the road and beat Creighton and, and lose a tight one to UConn? Does that not impact? The way you look at it, you think they're just going to drop out regardless? Yeah, I think they're going to drop out regardless because, again, we don't get the benefit of the doubt. But say we lose a tight one to Creighton, and then I don't think this will happen, but then we blow the doors off of UConn at home. That'll help sway us into staying ranked. But um, if we go one and one, I just have a hard time believing they're going to keep us ranked because I think they're looking for reasons to knock us out of the rankings because of our lunatic 
fan base. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's tough. And obviously, going to Creighton's no easy feat. Um, Omaha's always rocking, especially rocking on Dollar Beer Night. Apparently, that's going to be the case. Dollar uh, Beer Night, yep. On Tuesday. So, so definitely a tough place to play. You look at Creighton, uh, overall, they're 10-4. and four. You know, they don't have any – well, I shouldn't say that. They do have a bad loss. Uh, they lost to Arizona State by one. Uh, Arizona State, if you don't know, is having a horrible year under Bobby Hurley. Um, but uh, they've lost their Arizona State, but then there are other losses. Iowa State, obviously, Iowa State's you know a lot better than people thought they were going to be going into the season. Um, mm-hmm. with new coach TJ Osselberger, if I said that right, hopefully. Uh, they lost to a Colorado State team that's been um. A pleasant surprise this year. I believe, are they still undefeated or no? No, they just dropped out of the rankings, if I recall, because they just had a kind of a bad loss this past week. Um, oh, right. They lost San Diego. Oh, they got destroyed by San Diego State. Who, yeah. Who but they, the Mountain West? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at Crane's resume. They beat Nova, which, which is huge, obviously – the Nova team they played in the first game wasn't the Nova team they just played uh, as they got smoked by them. You know, kind of goes back to, I hate playing a team coming off a loss like that. Yeah. Like if yeah. I was a St. John's fan going into the PC game, I would have felt the same way about PC getting smoked on the road uh, to Marquette and then coming home to try and rebound. Same situation you got here for Creighton. Um, the one difference being, Creighton, very young team, uh, one of the youngest in the country. Um, and, you know, they weren't expected to be as good as they are right now. So, I mean, how, how do you see this one going? Um, so you'll see in our predictions, I have a, this is one of the, I think one of the maybe one or two times, I think this might be the second time I predicted second that we lose. Done, yep. <laughs> um, what was the first time? UConn, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully I'm 0 for 2 on those. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think Creighton actually wins in a in a, in a a tight one. Um, but I actually feel pretty good about this team. Like, McDermott is like an offensive savant when it comes to just put, putting his players in places to produce offensively. Like, I wish – I love Cooley. I wish, the, I wish we could adopt their offensive philosophy. Like, it's just so beautiful to watch them play on offense as, like, a basketball purist. Um, but they don't have necessarily the playmakers that they have of old. Like, they lost a lot from last year. I think they might have lost all five starters. I think Kalkbrenner was coming off the bench. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so, like, this team is nothing close to what they were last year. So, you need to put what they were in the past in the rear view. With all that said, they do have some talent, and I think they are outproducing relative to where I thought they would be. Um, they had the D2 transfer come in. Um Hawkins, who's doing he's well. Good player. He's good kind of, I've watched him. Yeah, big body. Like a, uh, like, like, how is that guy playing? It's so funny. Like, it's amazing how some how spread out basketball talent is across this country. Like, yeah, like, how did that guy fall? Did how did that guy fall into D two? Like, it's just crazy right. to me. Max Struess from DePaul yeah. was now D2. he's in the league. Yeah, uh, yeah. Duncan Robinson D two before he came to Michigan. Like, it's amazing. Crazy. How, how um, much talent is, is around this country, but. I think uh, he's a good player. You know, 
I think um, they're offensively they're they're a tough they're a tough matchup. But I think on the other hand, other hand, like look at what we do defensively. I don't think we're going to have another Marquette game where our just defense falls apart and they blow the doors off us. I think the way Creighton wins this one is they make a lot of tough contested shots and you just, you know, pat them on the back and say, nice job. Like you made some tough shots. You hit them because maybe besides Nemhard, I don't necessarily know if they have a lot of players that can create on their own. Um, so I think we're going to, we're going to give them some fits uh, on the defensive end. And I also think we need Watson to step up and continue the hot streak that he showed in the second half, because it's one thing to do it against, you know, a guy in foul trouble in Soriano in the second half, but to do it against a guy like um, Talk Brenner, who averages about three blocks a game, um, he's seven foot one, seven foot two, but I don't think he's nearly as athletic or as strong as Nate. So I think Nate should be able to take advantage of him there. Um, but we also said something similar going into the Marquette game. So um, we need Watson to show up in a big way as with all that said, I think this is truly a coin toss. I think being at home for Creighton ultimately leads to them getting a close, uh, close W. Yeah. I mean, I, I have yet to put in my prediction yet. Um, I know my prediction now holds a lot of weight uh, since I predicted the two losses that we have on our resume. Um, so I, I got a lot of thinking to do before, before we get it out, but um, you're right. It's amazing. Creighton's adjusted def- defensive efficiency is higher than their offense this year. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be the first time in a long ass time. Ever. Ever. Yeah. For Mr. McDermott in uh, the Creighton Blue Jays. So it's interesting. I mean, you look at Nemhart, freshman player, dynamic player. He's going to be really good. Um, O'Connell's been so like oddly up and down. Like he came from Duke. And then after last year, you're like, he was better at Duke than he was at Creighton. How is this possible? And then this year, like, he starts off kind of slow, but he's been hot as of late, man. Double figures in in five consecutive games. Um, Had 17 in that double OT win against Marquette, including that uh, game tying three in the first overtime, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, He had 15 against BYU in a win that they got. Uh, BYU was 24 at the time. Um, so he's playing a lot better. Um, I would think Al Durham should be able to guard him, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think so. Um, so you look at that, and then you look at, like, the interesting thing about this game is, like, where do you put Manaya? Um, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Like, Hawkins is only 6'7 or 6'8. By the way, he looks bigger than he looks a lot bigger on the court. But um, I think you just I think you match Manaya up with him and just say, yeah, go to work. Probably. Yeah. Um, because why not? <laughs> I have all I have all the faith in the world in Manaya. Like I don't think that besides like guarding a, an ultra quick point guard like a Nemhard or like a Kalkbrenner, I think he can match up with literally anybody else on the court. <laughs> yeah, I mean for sure. I just like to me, it's like you play St. John's. Okay, let's put him on Champagne, and that's like a big difference. If you put him on Hawkins and Hawkins doesn't have a great game, can Creighton still win? I think maybe. Maybe. Uh, so, I mean, granted, he is their leading scorer at, at 13 a game, but they have four guys in double figures. So, yeah. Um, no, it'll, it'll be a tough one. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I think if Providence can get this win, 
like we gotta think about this. If they can get this win on Tuesday, they put themselves in a position where they're five and one conference with 14 games left. Eight of those will be at home. We are undefeated at home. So, like, if I'm Cooley, that's the message I'm hammering home. Like, listen, guys, if we can get if we can steal this road win, all of a sudden we're like in a great, great spot to potentially win. I mean, I know it's still early. It's only a qu- we're a quarter of the way now, and first game into to Q two right now, a biggest play. Mm-hmm. But you position yourself here, like now we're legitimately talking about PC maybe winning their first ever regular season biggies. Uh, I know we're a ways away. Yeah, but. I think. Well, I think I think the bigger thing is like th- this is a two game week, right? You, yep. you you get the win against Creighton surprisingly on the road. You know that you know the the home game against UConn is going to be crazy. It is going to be such a volatile um, crowd. The crowd's going to be ready to go. If you can go two and zero this week and you get to sixteen and two, you're then taught like this is where this is where we should just as much as we dropped, we should rise up even further to the top, like in between like eleven and fourteen or something like that. Like those are two marquee wins, and we should be recognized for that. But it all. You know, we're putting the cart before the horse. It all starts with the Creighton one. But I think if we can steal this one on the road, you have to feel really, really good going into Saturday against UConn with Reese possibly coming back. Yeah. Um, th- yeah, so that's a good point, BOC. Uh, if you guys haven't heard, no Reeves for this one again. He'll be missing, I believe, his third straight now. Fourth straight? Yep, yep. yep. Uh, so, you know, that's obviously impactful. Going to have to look to Bynum to pick up the, the scoring slack again, like he has been doing. Um, so yeah, big game for PC, big week for PC, big two weeks for PC. Hey, that's what it comes down to. Um, Saturday, I will not be at the game. I apologize to all. I am going to be in Florida for a bachelor party. I will be watching. I will be bringing my podcast equipment and we will be doing an episode, uh, post UConn game at some point. I know NFL playoffs are in there. We'll find time. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Bachelor wants to be a guest on the podcast. I might oblige. It might be a disaster. Uh, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm a little worried about it, but we'll we'll have some fun. We'll we'll, uh, we'll have some fun. Um, And you're not going either. You got a wedding. Yeah, I have a wedding on. I have a wedding on uh, on Saturday, so I won't be able to attend. It's all right. After this past weekend, I think I need a week away from Providence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, with, with sorry, stupid phone is ringing. Anyways, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. It's it's tough. It's tough to do these trips. Like the Newark trip, I was gassed. So like, oh, yeah, dude, I, the train ride, the train ride home yesterday on the Excella, I was like, oh, this is this is torture. Like, I would not wish this upon my worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, uh, brutal. Um, yeah, when I drove home from Jersey, I was just like, oh my god, kill me. Like, I just thought about like just driving off. The yeah. Side of the road. Yeah, just drive off. Yeah, just just end it. Yeah. No, but like, you know, the the whole fact that you had to go back to Jersey, I think that was the difference between you and me with this one. Yeah. Um, the fact that you, that you had to do the trip back, I only had a 30-minute, 40-minute drive from Providence. I stayed over at, at, at our buddy Joey's. 
I slept for probably 15 hours because I fell asleep <laughs> at 7 p.m. Um, so I was like in a little rough shape, but I was nowhere. I think I was in the best shape of all of us that went to the yes, game. That, I think that's fair to say. Um, so any final thoughts here as we close out? Um, you know what? Let's get some uh, quick NFL talk here. Playoffs are here. You happy with your seed? I'm not too thrilled with mine, but. Um, yes, I would rather play. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'd rather play the Niners over the Rams or the Cardinals. Um, but the the biggest weak point with the Cowboys is their run run defense, and that's where the Niners kind of thrive. So that's rough, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a horrendous quarterback, and Cowboys, the Cowboys' pass rush is probably top one of the top in the league. So I feel good about that. But you're in the playoffs now. Like every team, every team's a good team. So you can, there's no, yeah, there's no I'm, like. Uh, believe it or not, I'm an anti Jimmy G guy too. Uh, and I will admit, I was big time Jimmy G guy at first when they drafted yeah. him. Once he, once he couldn't go in that Texan game when the, when the team was like, dude, you can definitely go. You just have to have a little pain tolerance here. Yeah. And he was like, no. That's when I soured on him. And we had Jacoby Brissett start that game and uh, actually won that game amazingly. Who are, who are the who are the Patriots playing? The Bills in Buffalo. Oh, 830 that, Saturday oh. night. Dude, Saturday's Wait, 830, gonna be such a rough. Saturday night. Yeah, oh. Saturday's gonna be a rough day for me. Um, it's gonna be another marathon. Yeah. I'm hoping to use the lessons learned this past weekend to help me, but this is gonna be tough. Uh, PCU got at two, Pats, Bills at 8.30. Um, it was all dependent on that, that Raider-Charger game last night, too. Yeah. The Chargers won, we would have gotten Cincinnati. Uh, the Raiders won, got the Bills, like what happened. Um, but it's funny, like the cocky Patriot fan in me wants Buffalo, but the smart fan in me kind of wanted the Bengals. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, the Bengals got offensive weapons, so – I mean, so do the Bills, but um, I think I'll take the familiarity. I think I'll take the fact that a lot of pressure on Buffalo in this one. A lot of pressure on Buffalo because they dropped this one to the Pats, man. The the wheels might be going the other way uh, on on the Bills. So um, I'll take it. I'm playing with house money. We got a rookie quarterback, but we're not supposed to do anything. House money. Yeah, Uh, I think – I think. Belichick has exceeded expectations for this year, for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, I got a few other things on my mind before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Dan Hurley. I mean, this guy. This guy, Dan Hurley. So, UConn loses yet again to see, you know, close game. Um, I didn't watch it, obviously, because we had our game at the same time. Yeah. Um, I heard through the grapevine that UConn had this one but couldn't close. Um, and now you got Hurley continuing his rant on how great his team should be or could be. Uh, he's saying that, like, you know, if they just close some of these games, like, they'd be a top-five team in the country. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Like, if we're undefeated, we'd be a top-five team in the country. Like, what are you talking about? And on top of that, he's complaining about the Big East. I know. Listen here, pal. We gave you and your program a life preserver. And here you are complaining about 
the rules and not getting what you want. Like this guy is a clown. This guy is the ultimate clown. Like he, I, I tweeted the other day. He is literally the George R. R. Martin of college basketball because it's coming, everyone. It's coming. UConn's going to be this giant again. It's coming. It's coming. We're still waiting, but it's coming. Uh, and you know what? The best part is I'm allowed to still shit on that and make that my joke because eventually winter does come. But does UConn yeah. have enough time or does Dan Hurley have enough time at UConn to see his grand vision come true? Because so far it's not. I agree. I just, I hate, the, I hate the con- consistent complaining because I think we've talked about this on the podcast. It flows down to your, to your players. And if he's complaining, it means the players are complaining. And to me, it's kind of a sign of being a little bit mentally soft. So uh, if he wants to keep complaining, that's on him, but I would focus just on the task at hand. By the way, have you ever heard Cooley ever, ever, ever say, like, my team should be this, but we're dealing with this? No, if anything, you would say that he's too hard on his team, which is yeah. – I, I I like that. But if anything, you could say he's too hard on the players and himself, but I much prefer that. Um, and on top of that, you got one other thing to tick me off, and we can get out of here. Uh, Seth Davis released his, his uh, top 25. Yeah. On uh, on late Sunday night. He had UConn at 25. Mind you, UConn went 0 and 1. Or did they play two games? I think they just went 0 and 1. I don't I think so. I forget. Um so he has UConn in his top 25 for almost beating see, you know. Like, what planet are we on? Like <laughs> problems yeah, kicked. Can't get anything for, for getting a million wins. And UConn gets credit for almost beating Seton Hall. What is going and on here? So I'll, I don't think you've seen it. You have seen this yet because it just came out while we were recording. But our, our friendly buddy, Luke, from Raleigh, the Raleigh Observer or whatever, oh, uh, came out. Yeah, Luke DeCock. It came out that he voted us as not ranked. Of course. Classic. But I think like this, this is why like it's the pollsters are stupid. I think he's doing that to get a rise out of people so he could generate hits. Like I really do think that. Yeah. Like no Probably. logical per no logical person can put us from 16 to not ranked going one on one in a week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Luke DeCock doesn't have a huge uh audience in the observer or wherever he writes for. Um yeah, I mean that, that's ridiculous. I mean. You look across the country, like the ACC is full of full of crap teams. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, like the Big East, so Big Ten and Big Twelve teams and SEC teams, like they get the benefit of the doubt when they have a one-on-one week because all their yeah. league stuff. Well, guess what? Yeah. Those leagues have that our league does not have, and that is crap at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Even DePaul, man, I know they're on four, but they have talent. Yeah. I would much – I would go to war with DePaul over an ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, bottom four team any day of my life. Yep, I agree. Because it's that bad. Like, like we don't have a Georgia just no. lying in the lurks. Yeah. Like, Kentucky loses to LSU. They, they, they choke it away. And yet they get Georgia on Saturday. Yay! They yeah. won by like fifteen. Cool. Georgia's horrendous. I know. Like, that's what people just don't understand. It's driving me nuts. But all right, 
that's our episode. Uh, remember, follow along on Twitter. I'm at Province Crier. He's at BOC all day. Continue to read our blog, provincecrier.com. Um, you know, continue to listen to the pod. Rate the pod. Do what you need to do. We're all ears about your feedback. Um, but that's it for another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. We will see you later on. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, babe Cross over, I might go to L.E.U Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, ayy Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy Fall down, bounce back like M.A. Ho, ayy I'm the alpha dog, D.I.L.O. They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage and you see me bumpin', so we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we takin' over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the you. But they sleepin' on me, well, let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah